Blog Talk Radio. doing summertime? Billy Stewart. Oh, cool. Oh, God, I love that opening. Don't you pop, chick-chop, folks, chicken. (laughs) Very cool. I have not heard that version before. Yes, you have. That's the song that Brad Pitt's character was playing when he pulled out of the driveway. And once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, okay. Well, okay, okay. You didn't hear uh, that didn't opening. No. That opening is cool. goddamn, ain't it? Yeah, absolutely. So I take it and we're talking about summertime. A version of that song at the end of the show, because summertime is not only one of the best songs about summer; it's also the most co- one of the most covered songs ever. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait to hear the one at the end. You know, of course, I know versions of it, too. You know, of course, probably the most famous is Janis Joplin. Yeah, 
There's so many different versions of that. And, of course, the original from the opera. Porgy and Bess, the first Afro-American opera. Uh, Not true. That would be Tremonisha. That would be Tremonisha. Scott Joplin, 1916. Okay. Porgy and Bess didn't come in until the 20s. And then there's the Harry Belafonte version. Which I love. Black Orpheus. God damn it. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's just another black Orpheus, but yeah. Porgy and Bess and that song, just damn. Mm-hmm. This is a Phoenix song just makes you want to feel what summer is. It's that. And that is the subject of tonight's show, and that is summertime movies. So, what do you mean by summertime movies? I mean, Mr. Sci-Fi with us. Yeah. Miss Vicky Love. Say hello, Vicky. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Only thing that you missed was uh, Billy Stewart's version of Summertime for the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood soundtrack. Ah, okay. I didn't know what you guys were talking about. (laughs) Yeah. But, up. <laughs> I think Billy Stewart does it better, but that's a good oh, attempt, God, my yeah. friend. I'm not too white to do that. <laughs> Even though I'm half Mexican, I can do that lowrider shit, but I can't do no. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. How weird is it, you guys, that summer started and there's really no summer movies out? All of them have been pulled. Well, summer hasn't really started, and so, but the the season, the movie season, should have started in May, three weeks, four weeks ago. Yeah, Memorial Day. At least, I mean, usually a Marvel movie comes out the the second weekend of uh, May. So, yeah. Yeah, and they don't even have a release date for that. They keep changing Wonder Woman. So, I mean, yeah, it's just weird. It's weird that we're starting to hit the point where there's nothing new. Thank God for Space Force. Oh, thank you, Steve Carell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, Space um, Force. Uh, though I seen it, and I wish it was better. Is that new one with Kevin James that come out this weekend? What's that? Yeah, I forget. What the hell is its name? But it's about him, and he plays this neo-Nazi who kidnaps a family. But it turns out that the little girl who's twelve is a virgining psychotic who's having a mental break because her dad is getting married to a woman that he met and not nine months after her mother died of cancer. Is this supposed to be a comedy? <laughs> no, it's supposed to be. It's a it's a mean little action film, except that this little girl's a fucking psycho. Yeah, that's and uh, it works. crazy. 
like my favorite last That's not like fun, actually. That sounds like Is it, it could called be good. Out of Touch? Out of Touch? No. Well. Uh, hold on, I'll find film. it. I'll Becky. find it. Yeah, what the best? It's Becky, yeah, Becky, right? Yeah, Becky. Neo-Nazi thriller, Becky. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And what I have it, it all is, right in front of me, Carl. standing next to the fire, killing James' character, and going, Becky, you're an special little girl. I don't want to kill you. I don't want to hurt you. And she goes, yeah, but I want to hurt you. I want to hurt you real bad. <laughs> it's nice. sort of like Home Alone if uh, Kevin McAllister was a psycho. Well, who says he wasn't? It's fun, but it's not as fun as it could have been. Right. So what, where are we going? Good. Where are we going with this, Stephen? Well, that's about a new movie, and it came out this weekend. And Vicky said about a new weekend. Oh, okay. Right. It hit uh, on demand Friday, and we had Trolls War Tour that comes out. There's only one great thing about it, Carl. What? Uh, in this one, they have like the music broken up in the world, and then okay. they have the funk world in it. Guess who plays the king of funk? It has to be. It has to be George Clinton. Damn right. <laughs> There's no question it's George Clinton. Otherwise, it's invalid. Yeah. Seriously, invalid. But, yeah, we're getting some new stuff on here. If it wasn't for Netflix and Amazon Prime and all the movies they had already done, we'd be dead this year. Exactly. Even though I watched that new Vin Diesel, Bloods, or blood, bloodshot. Yeah. Blood yeah, that wasn't very good. I love Vin what? Diesel, and I hope that that made it, the next one will be in the Riddick universe because it just wasn't that good. Yeah, he's uh, planning on doing a fourth uh, Riddick movie. Right. The uh, Scooby movie yeah, is out too. Yeah. The Scooby, the Scoob movie is out. I haven't seen it. If you want to see uh, Scoob open the gates of Scooby-Doo, open the gates of hell to try to free Muttley, it's your kind of movie. But if not... Yep. And no, I'm not joking. Scooby-Doo literally uses this Paul to open up the gates of hell in this movie. Huh. Oh, well. <laughs> well. But, yeah, what, you guys, I'll go last. Uh, what, Vicky, since Carl's not doing whatever Carl's doing. Right. You can tell he's not doing something. What pops into your mind when you think of the term summer movie? Oh, you know what? There's no other movie in my life that defines summer movies. Well, there's two, but the very first one is Jaws. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, gotcha. Jaws I, started it all. 
Yes, Jaws. I had just got married five days earlier. It was the very first movie that we went to see. It was hot. It was in Phoenix. It's June in Phoenix. It was hot. We went to the brand new uh, movie theater at the Super Mall. And, uh, um, oh, my God, it was freezing cold in there so that the underwater scenes, you know, you're shivering. It was the experience and the summer movie. That's what a summer movie is all about. It's got to be bigger than life, and that shark was bigger than life, and it's got to have those scares in it, and it's got to have something that you've never seen before. Yeah, Jaws. Jaws, Jaws. Yeah. Are you there, And then Carl? Alien comes next. But Yeah, Alien, Jaws. yeah. Carl, are you back? I'm uh, in the middle of something, but I'm, I'm good. Uh, anyway, He's in a pit. No, Carl. You're in a come pit. Back you're no, not you're... Speak phone. Uh, uh, okay. You're uh, in uh, a Give me five minutes. Give tunnel. me five minutes. Give me five minutes. I said okay, but, yeah, I mean, Jaws 76 really changed up. What no, the 75. Idea. It was the first big studio drive-in movie. Yeah. They and took the drive-in movie idea, which was a killer shark, on the verge of Nantucket. <laughs> and put in Big Studio Bunny with it. Right. Well, it was Steven Spielberg's big jump in the water. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And it worked. And, the and it totally worked. Thing, yeah, oh, it worked. It works because they almost had to cancel the movie because of the they the robot not working. Right. Right, because they were trying all those new things, animatronics, all you know, all the new stuff that was happening back yeah. in the late later twentieth century. And if they wasn't lucky enough, oh have God. that theme. Guys, I gotta call back. Okay, call in. Okay. If they didn't have that fucking theme, the movie would have been dead. But that thing works because you didn't need the shark for it to scare. Like the, it teased you. It, that you could use that same thing for a teaser, which they did. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, well, first off, you know, a movie like that, we've never seen anything like that. In fact, we never really read books like that because I remember reading Jaws, I, um, Peter Benchley's book, and it was different you know um, Michael Crichton was just starting to come out he had done the Andromeda strain which was much like the pandemic thing that we're living now but those kinds of books and stories were just beginning 
to be popular. So we hadn't seen giant shark movies ever before. And we'd seen monster movies, but monsters were really monsterish, not the real thing that looked like a real shark that was going to come and eat you in two bites. Yeah, and they were pushed towards kiddies and teenagers, you well, know, the, dri- the drive-in crowd. Well, I guess because I don't know that when I look back on the audience that went to see that movie, certainly I was still a teenager. Um, I was an older teenager. I was 18, but actually I was 17. But the theater was full of grown-up people. Yeah, y'all the the first one that. that played to an adult audience. Right, right. Because it didn't was focus a... on teens in peril. It focused on adults worrying about the problem. Right, right. Capitalism and, you know, <laughs> Cody being scared mirroring... that his kids are going to get ed up by the shark and they're like, oh, screw you, Dad. That's, yeah, the kids and everything, but what about the mayor of the city? Look, we can't close down on the 4th of July. This is our biggest weekend. We can't, um, the economy is going to suffer. Come winter, everyone's going to be hurting for money. So we've got to open the beaches, and then the kid gets eaten. <laughs> the dog and the kid get eaten. <laughs> yeah, I like the movie's explanation that he was just an asshole rather than the yeah. book's explanation that the mafia was pushing him into it. That was fucking stupid. Yeah, well, you know, novels have all kinds <laughs> of weird shit in them. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, no, yeah, Kill really, the right. movie to me started with the Beach Party series in the 50s, you know. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, definitely. And why did they start? Because that was the drive-in's biggest season, because that's when most people would want to get out in their cars and watch a movie outdoors. It's in the summertime when the weather is good. Yes. Have you ever been to the drive-in theater in the middle of winter? I have. Woohoo! Cold. <laughs> oh, I've been in there in the spring once, and it got down to 20 degrees, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, anything that's, you know, in the 40s, the low 40s, your car is cold. <laughs> Doesn't matter how you many blankets you bring. I haven't Kevin Cakes Hay sat outside at a, in a rocker at the drive-in, just covered up in like three or four blankets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. But you're right. The beach movies were the very first really Big draw for the drive-in movies for the summer movies. Yes, yes. When summer movies became a thing. Yeah, you know, those were for people who didn't live out in California and didn't get to go to the beach and all that, and they would have all of the, you know, right, right, all the bikinis and the, you know. All that, all the all the stuff that was forbidden everywhere else. California, I guess, was the wild time back then. 
And so everyone wanted a beach ball because every single one of those movies had a beach ball in it. <laughs> and so, yeah, those are the those are the epitome of the 50s, 60s type summer movies. It was Jaws in 75 that really changed what a summer movie was, was all about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's what you would expect in the summer, and the dry and the and the B companies made money off of that from the get go. First, there was uh, the beach party movies, and then the surfer movies. Right. Which the best one still is Endless Summer, and that one's just a documentary. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, documentaries can be pretty good, too. Even, of all um, the scenes of the cameras inside the waves while they're surfing, it'll make anyone right. who isn't or a klutz make them just want to go surf. Exactly. But, yeah, and then you got the biker films, which played at the drive-in, you know, in summertime, bikers. But yeah, once Jaws hit, it was a three punch. Like two of them, you've already said. One was uh, uh, Jaws, which got the big, got the monster movies. They took them from the drive-in and started doing it. And then there was the outer space monster movies, which was Alien, and they took away another part of the drive-in money. And then we had. Star Wars. Right. Right. But, you know, it's not just those kinds of movies. The The summer movies were, you know, yes, of course, that's when the blockbusters started. Jaws and Star Wars. Alien wasn't even a blockbuster, but um, it certainly fits the summertime movie theme uh but there's like different categories i was thinking about this today and uh, um there's all these different ingredients for summertime movies and they're varied but within those ingredients are certain genres of films like summertime movies have uh like in the 60s and the beach movies, they had the singing and the guitars and all that kind of stuff, and that was a certain type. Then you had your comedies, your comedies that were based um, on drugs and drinking and getting high and all that kind of stuff oh, with all the, the jokes in that. comedies for the 80s. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So you have these different genres that were set up for summer movies. And so that's I think I think that's how summer movies have been defined until Marvel jumped into it and then we got the superhero movies in summer. Well, and so like, but, uh, we went from uh uh the Star Wars movies from and Star Wars type movies from 76 to 80 and then the slasher films. 
Right, the horror genre, which has well, always they, been big. Slasher films. You couldn't sell a non-teenagers getting stabbed horror film in 80 to 82 for some freaking reason. And then we got, from 84 on, the big bombastic action movie. Um, which the best one to describe that is probably Aliens. Aliens, yeah. But you know what? We're we're forgetting the other earlier movies that were really big for the drive-ins, and that were the road movies, where either your your main characters got into a a vehicle of some sort and drove across like America yeah, or. Australia, the car movie, right? And so you had those movies, or you had the Mad Max movies, and they were all Mad Max when also Road Warrior when it came out, it just changed everything because when Road Warrior first hit Warner Brothers, I think we said this on the show, put it out as an art film from Australia. And it became so popular within its first two weeks that they said, holy crap, we're going wide with this. Exactly. It was so funny because in Fresno, it premiered at the Art House House Theater, and it stayed there for a long, long time. But it's so much more than an Art House movie. (laughs) I still laugh at that. Yeah. So I saw Road Warrior in an art house film, um, theater. So that's what I'm trying to say is that uh, there are certain genres that are better suited for summertime watching. And those car movies, uh, car chase movies, Fast and the Furious doesn't come. Fast and the Furious always comes out in springtime, summertime. Yeah. Because they're they're better suited for that kind of audience. You know, they don't come yeah. out in in autumn. It's like so when they the, took the last two Harry Potter movies and moved them from their usual winter slot in the summertime slots. Right. It didn't right. work. It didn't work. <laughs> No, because a Harry Potter movie is better suited for that November-December group of people. Yeah, Christmas tradition. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, I want to take my kids out to see the newest uh, Harry Potter movie. We do it almost every Christmas there's a new one out. Right, right. You know, Hollywood, sometimes they just shoot themselves in the foot because... um, if you don't have a, a new Harry Potter in November, December, or Fantastic Beasts, as they are now, um, you're stupid. They used to, uh, at first they were putting Star Trek movies out in summer. And for some w- real weird reason, they were flopping. But once they changed the uh, Star Trek movies to the November release, for some reason, man, that hit it. So... Certain genres of movies are better suited for different seasons. 
nothing wrong with that. Uh, the two last yeah. two that flopped in the summer when it comes to uh, Star, Star Trek? Trek. Yeah. Were that flopped in the summer were the two worst films in the whole damn series. Right, but they should have put them out in the November slot. Oh, wait, sorry, Carl. I know I insulted your favorite Star Trek film. Welcome back. Hey, thank you, thank you. I won't go into uh, detail. I want to make it clear. They were the two worst of the original series. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, one? there you go. Which one? Five What's the other one? But also, J.J. Abrams' movie Five came out six. in the summer. There were, six wasn't that bad. It's just... It this is one of my favorites. I mean, I, I, I actually think yeah. it's one of the best of the series of the TOS Oh, movies. I like six, too, don't you, Mickey? That's not a TOS. The original six? series, yeah, and six is undiscovered country. The heck is not. Oh, yeah, oh, six okay. Is the last all right, one. All right, okay, yeah. If I was country, country the worst good. one, it would definitely be any Star Trek movie should not have this line in it. My tits are getting tighter. <laughs> <laughs> No, it should not. That's what it's said by Shatner. (laughs) (laughs) But by the time five and six come out, summers were so crowded that it was insane. I think during the summer that five and six came out, there were like five or six movies coming out a week. Yeah. And if you have that many movies come out in a week, it's natural that 90% of them are going to flop, especially if you have, like, the big blockbuster two weeks before that's still getting repeat business. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it's not just that. You only have so much money to take your family or yourself to the movies. Yeah. I mean, uh, look at that upgrade. That's getting a TV series. It's a great movie. But no one saw it because they dumped it in one of the crowded summers ever. Right. Right. That's actually a movie I still need to see. I've heard nothing but good things about it. But the best one to be in Cross last summer and if you haven't seen it Vicky you need to is crawl is what crawl, crawl. oh Basically, no I haven't I, I know hey, sh- sh- you don't have to maybe for the audience but I know all about that movie no I haven't seen okay, it well, yet let, let me tell you something I went to see that here in the city and and uh, it was relatively filled People were standing up and cheering and clapping during that film. It is just, it's the perfect summer movie. It seriously is. Because it's its 91 minutes. There's no there, theres no fat on it. You, you, you get right to it, and it's funny, and it's scary, and it's 
tension-filled and you're rooting for all the people and it's got Barry Pepper in it, for God's sake. It's just a great little movie. And the dog survives. Wait, Barry Pepper's in it? Did you say Barry Pepper's in it? Oh, God, I'll have to watch it tonight. I love him. (laughs) You know, he was in what is arguably one of the worst movies ever in the world. But other than that, he's just so... What so what good. is what one is that, Vic? Battlefield, Battlefield Earth. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's know. one of the I worst ever made. Way, I love some of the bad lines that, and the way that John yeah. Travolta says it. But that's watching it for free <laughs> on cable, not yes. paying for it. You stupid <laughs> humans! And <laughs> <laughs> seeing <laughs> Forrest Whitaker for with the biggest. Oh, God, what the fuck am I doing here? Look on his face. <laughs> yeah, that that movie is, it's true. It's one of those that you sit around and eat popcorn and drink some beer and make jokes about. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but don't spend your money on it, because if you spend more than $1 on it, you'll be mad. Right, right. 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 Yep. <laughs> and you'll be supporting Scientology. <laughs> Isn't that over yet? <laughs> well, no, you know, um, there's a new um, series that is out that um, that fits into that action genre, and that's the John Wick movies. Um, oh God! Last yeah. summer. Yeah, last summer was the the John Wick. I guess it was May, I think. And uh, it was hot, too, I remember. Uh, And so John Wick is the perfect uh, genre-type film for summer also because it's totally action. It's somebody that you love. It's over the top, and the choreography is perfect. And there's wry humor in it, and um, there's always a bad guy. There's always a twist. Lawrence Fishburne's in it, yay. And so it's it's just, it seems like a B-movie, but it's not. It's really on the A-list. It's a summer movie. It's perfect. That's the kind of summer movie when you want to go see action. Well, there's three reasons why uh, John Wick 3 is the best of the series. Okay. Um, the John third Wick. reason is Mad Dog from the Raid and Raid 2. <laughs> the second is the killer from the Raid and the Raid 2. And the first, Carl knows what I'm going to say, but I doubt Vicky will. Yeah, I what? do. Go ahead. Surprise her. Mark fucking Tabascos is the main bad guy. <laughs> well, well, I have my. I'm your biggest fan. I can't wait to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> but that also happened. See, John Wick has such a reputation. That happens in all three movies. There is always somebody who just can't wait. I've heard about you my whole life, my whole badass life, and I'm going to beat you. And so then comes this great fight scene. (laughs) Yeah. Or the beginning of the second one. You know what he did? 
He killed six men in a bar with a fucking pencil. And you kill his fucking dog? <laughs> the last <laughs> kill him? <laughs> That's another thing about John Wick movies is dogs. The writers love the dogs. And so that, like, in Parabellum, those two dogs were just awesome. Just yeah, but they killed the freaking... beagle so they can go to hell. <laughs> well. <laughs> Still. Still. We have a pit bull in this house. <laughs> so does John Wick. <laughs> yeah, I love that when he picked the dog out of the uh, uh, animal shelter at uh, the end of the movie. Yes, yeah, first, the first one. Movie? Must hit by tomorrow. Yeah. Then it just showed him more walking the street with it. Yeah. Now, don't see that. That's a really good summer movie. I can't yeah. remember. You know, I can look it up, but I know the first one and the second and the third one were both released in May, so I'm I'm you know, assuming that number 2 was released in May also. Um, see, I just remember one and two were released number, in May. 3 was the first one to get a June big summer slot. The um, the first one I saw it right after my dog died, and I, I was really mad at my mom. I go, "You brought me to a movie that has a dog dying in it." And she's like, "I'm sorry, but you'll like this movie," and I did. <laughs> so, yeah, John Wick summer movie. So cue that up for your summertime fun. Yeah. And we're forgetting uh, the best summer movie of this decade. Well, Ben and Piggy talked about the first, the second film in it. And the one that I would consider the best summer movie of this decade would definitely be Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, absolutely. Positively, yes, yes, yes. The best action movie of this decade, of this past decade. Without a doubt. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. No, I think, I don't know, I think it's the best action movie of the freaking 21st century. I, I just and there are some good action that. films. I know you love the, the Raid, Stephen. I get that. You know, I love John Wick. I love, uh, uh, I, I love Dread. But I'm sorry, man. You know, anything with a goddamn... Uh, 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 you know, thing with with uh, pipes and 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 things coming of a fire coming out of trombones and shit like that. Got to be no, the best action movie. Guitar. Well, I just read an article that had an interview with all of the main characters. Um, yeah. You know the actors. I mean the main um, actors, and they all they. They reflecting back after so many years on that movie, they can't believe that nobody got hurt, nobody got killed, that the movie looks the way it does, the story is as good as it is. I mean, they knew the story was good, but the way it all comes together, how beautiful it looks, everything about that film is amazing. There, There's nothing below the bar, there's nothing below amazing about that film. 
It's just I agree. there's lots of good action films out there, but nothing can top that film. That's George Miller's masterpiece. And I think Road Warrior is just <laughs> fantastic. But that film has got things in it that you'll never see ever again in anything else. Oh, All that oh. was done practical, too. Yeah. It wasn't CGI. We weren't watching CGI. Nope. And you I are. actually seen it in 3D, and the 3D was good. That's crazy. 3D is It was less fun. 3D as in coming out of your face and more 3D like a Viewmaster. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, you're looking a at it right across the desert, and you get to see these giant vistas and all that, rather than them focusing on the fire and stuff. So what what was the dust storm like? Was it in 3D? That must have been just awesome as it's oh, coming. Oh, good Lord, yes. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> after that was over. <laughs> I'll never forget, um, my son and I, we were sitting there, and after the first, what, 45 minutes, hour, when you can finally take a breath, we both, I think the whole theater went, (gasps) (laughs) I mean, that's just, there's, I just cannot think of another film that does that to you. Well, you know, we were just talking about Crawl, and, 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 the thing about it is when an audience reacts that way in tandem to a film, that shows that, A, they're enthralled with it. And that, to me, is the perfect idea of a summer movie, that the whole audience is drawn in. And they're all, they're, they're all rooting for the characters. They're, they're, they're enjoying the action. They're, it's all there. And it's all communal sigh, as you said, or, you know, breath of relief. Or, you know, standing up and applauding. That's what makes a perfect movie. Or that's the that's the way you can tell what a perfect summer movie is. That's what happened on right. that scene made. After the final fight, after the final blow, the entire audience just stood up and cheered for five minutes. We almost missed the ending scene because we were too busy. Fight. Yep. Well, you and that's the one thing that you won't get with streaming. Well, maybe if you have a watch party, which are cool. Well, I don't know. Watch parties are kind of weird, but I guess it's the best solution for now. The best you can do. But still, it's a communal part. It's that primal communal experience. Oh, absolutely. Right. That's exactly what it is. Right. That's why after I saw Alien, I after the next day after I saw Alien, I got a bunch of my friends together and took them immediately to the theater and watched it with them. Is I wanted to feel their their total shock at the movie as I had, and of course, the whole theater was shocked, just like I was when I first saw it. 
two days earlier. And so, yes, that's exactly it. Just like in Jaws. You know, here's the, the scene in Jaws, all right, the one where I remember the whole audience um, reacting at the same time. So when Richard Dreyfus goes down, the boat, the fisherman, or the, the not, he's not a fisherman, or maybe yeah, he, he is was a fisherman. fisherman. He goes out, and yeah, and so he's lost. They, you know, they can't find him, and there, there was no storm or anything. And so they finally find the wreck of his uh, boat on, on the bottom of the ocean, close, close inland, you know, and then Richard Dreyfus goes down to sea, and he sees that big hole, and then you know, you're thinking, because you already know there's a shark out there, and you're thinking, shark, shark, shark. But then the guy's head comes floating out of the hole, and the whole theater screams all at once. That, that is the, that's the summer movie thing right there. Yeah. And <laughs> what's funny is that, that thing was just a pickup. Right. But it, it, it served. It served the audience the tension went up and never went back down after that it served its purpose perfectly well yeah. mm-hmm. have you seen uh, the video comparison is up on YouTube that uh, they did where they had that scene and one part of it they first showed it with music and then showed it without. No, I've never, I've never seen that. Well, it, a it Spielberg work movie without the music. And how important is music for a summer movie, Carl? Well, it's very important. I mean, there's a. Stu- I just read this. Okay, we're talking about Jaws, right? So John Williams had been hired. And he actually was going to pull out because he couldn't he, he couldn't wrap his head around what what to do you know when the shark appears what you know and he so he's just sitting at the piano and he's like playing with his left hand do 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 and that theme when it finally came together and it all all coalesced in his brain that theme absolutely uh, uh, um. Uh, became so important to the film and, of course, iconic. And the one thing about that theme is it's simple. It's not It's not complicated. It's simple. And and it's something that yeah. the audience can glom onto, and, and, and it really is something very special. And uh, imagine aliens, that scene where Ripley's uh, going to rescue him in that car without that music where they use the anvils and stuff. Right. Boom, 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 theme. Right. Exactly. Well, I know that... Or a cool movie, like, uh, well, The Street Fighter. I mean, before that theme comes on, the main theme at the end of the movie... It just tells him fighting people, and you're like, yeah, he's kicking butt. But once that music kicks in, damn. Oh, yeah. Right, Carl? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Music, uh, uh, particularly in a summer movie, I uh, with a summer movie, it doesn't have to be subtle. 
And so it can be specifically, uh, uh, um, you know, like in Jaws, it specifically is, is playing when the shark is supposed to come. But you don't see the shark, but you know the shark's around because you hear doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo. And, 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 and I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, as I talked to Vicky and I talked to you, yeah, but they have the tease version of that song too, where it goes do 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 do, and then it just stops. Yeah, that's when it starts that year. Do do do. But when it's not there, it goes do 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 do, and then it just stops. And you're like, oh, you got me. You got to be. I thought you was gonna get to be. You got to be. And then when it actually does, you do 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 And then the music explodes off. Ah! Yep. Yep. Good stuff. Say the least. Or the opening theme to Star Wars. That's a bombastic theme, but you cannot imagine that movie without that. Right. Right. Because it's supposed to take you back to the 1930s and the serial TV shows and the serial movies. And that's what John Williams was, not John Williams, um, um, what's John his Williams. name? The creator. Yeah. No, no, John the creator Williams. of Star Wars. And here's another big scene from a summer film where you you guys are going to know the film as soon as I do this. Yeah. Yes, of course. Um. Indiana Jones. I think all the Indiana Jones were summer movies. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Indiana I mean, Jones movies. Uh, don't forget, even Blade Runner was a summer movie. I don't know if that was a right. good choice, but it was a summer movie. There's no way right. that was the right choice. <laughs> no, it's Trust an October me. movie. Yeah. Blade Runner is more like an October movie. <laughs> Agreed. I don't know the um the second Blade Runner movie, it was a summer movie and I enjoyed it during summer, but you know, you already have it all set up for you. But the first one, I think it would have played better um as a as a October, maybe even November movie. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you on that, actually. And imagine Blade Runner without that Vangelis score. What in the world? I can't really think yeah. of another. Yeah, I that Vangelis score, I it's not even a score to me. It's I've listened to that music ever since. I was a huge Vangelis fan before before um, Blade Runner. And so 
it just I've heard, I've listened to it almost my entire life, and so I can't even think of another type of music in Blade Runner. It just doesn't register in my mind. What's that one about running, Carl? Uh, Chariots of Fire. That's another Vangelis score where as soon as you hear that song, whether you like it or not, this is not about that. As soon as you hear, dun, 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 dun. It is so recognizable from that movie and what it is that it became an easy joke. If you have someone running in a comedy... Put it in the street to fire thing. People will get it and they'll laugh. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, in the 70s and 80s, at least we had different crap when it comes to the summer movies. We have variety. Hell, we even had art house summer movies. Right, Carl? We did. I'm not sure which one you're referring to, but we did. Well, there's lots of... Tree of Life was a summer art house movie. Yeah, but that's not a summer movie. That's not what I think of a summer movie. Well, for an art house film, yeah. Something that has a well-known director in the art house group that they can show up they did Bunny, which it did. I know, but no, you're making my head hurt. No, I'm not. Oh. And you know who really movie? are the two kings of the art house summer movies, Carl? Tree of Life and what else? No, directors. Richard Linkletter and Wes Anderson. Yes. Wes Anderson. Moonrise I'll, I'll give you Wes Anderson. Moonrise okay. Kingdom was a June movie or a May movie. Yes, yes. I, I yeah, agree. all of yeah, Wes Anderson's hit that May-June slot. Mm-hmm. And Linklater always does too. Boyhood, uh, Before Sunset, uh, the one he did about the true murder in Texas, Bernie, uh, Waking Life, A Scanner Darkly. Right, those are summer movies. Yeah, but he was all, all of his stuff always had that art house summer slot because they know that he draws in that steady crowd and that they will make their money. Right. Right. You know, can um, you think of a Wes Anderson film called that lost money? Uh, not particularly. Yeah. He didn't make big blockbuster money, but he makes Wes Anderson money. Right. As long as he keeps making Wes Anderson money, he's going to be able to make Wes Anderson films. Absolutely. What would your favorite Wes Anderson movie be, Carl? That's a good question. Um, I really like uh, uh, Moonrise Kingdom, for one. Uh, but I tell you, if I have to say my favorite, though, I, I, I'm going to say uh, the one movie that didn't do extremely well for him, and that's uh, Steve Sisu. I love Steve Sisu. And what's funny is those are perfect summertime movies. They're both set in the summer, out in the sea, Steve Zizou, 
action film. See, Zizu has those moments. Yep. Certainly does. And, and Moonrise Kingdom is the perfect summertime nostalgia film. Yes, I absolutely agree. Well, it's all about camping, camp. <laughs> the things that happen during summer away from school. Yeah. And, and you then, know what's really um, sad, Carl? What? The blacks have only really had one movie like that. And that'd be The Inkwell. The Inkwell's, a, I finally got a chance to see that a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 it's a lovely little film. Yeah, and it's what? really the only one that's just a pure black nostalgia for the old days. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have to do with <laughs> race racism or any of the darker subjects right though it does show the middle class father and the working class uh, father really argue with each other Mm -hmm. you know you I'm going to get back to to, uh, uh, to Linklater here yeah, and okay. and the interesting thing about Linklater is he has had some summer films. Okay, uh, some of them about summer, and some that were released in summer. Dazed and Confused still is my second favorite high school movie of all time. I literally went to that school. I I seriously did. Uh, I think most of us who went to high school in the seventies went to that school, Carl. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I did too. It, it, in the 80s. I literally it was went about to that for a change, too. but yeah, I went there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, another film of his that uh, uh, I love, and it's my favorite of the three of them, is Before Sunrise. And of course, oh, God, that's yeah. about a summer vacation. Uh, uh, and, and meeting meeting Julie Delpy and, and this relationship that they find on the train. Uh, another big summer film from him, uh, early summer, was School of Rock, which I I love that movie. And you know, so that that's, that's a because fun. That's film. a dream fantasy film of yours, Carl. Well, well, it all has to do with Joan Cusack, but that's besides the point. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Richard Linklater, him, those are guys that you usually will see at an art house getting a summer slot. Almost guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And do you really see Tree of Life really doing any good the way it did, surprisingly? In a slot besides summer. Yeah, I don't. I don't consider that a summer movie at all. I, I don't get your argument there. Um, when would you run that movie? If yeah, you were what, the exact. What, what season would you run it into? The winter season, spring, spring summer, spring. spring. I do that in in late winter, spring. 
Well, Tame Grass, when it came out, May and June. Uh, which is the balance. No, I, I mean, to me, to me, when I think of summer movie, the last thing I think of is a philosophical uh, treatise on life and afterlife uh, with dinosaurs. Okay. Yeah, that's why to it me, was such a surprise that it it came out in May, but it played all the way into August. I know it did. I'm well aware of that. Good business. But but you know the thing is, it doesn't. That's that's an anomaly, and it's a wonderful anomaly. Yeah. But I don't think you set that up because it it ran in summer. I I, I just don't see the argument, because to me, it, it you know it's just like rolling the dice. They could have released it any time, and I still think it would have gotten that. That particular, uh, um, you know, uh, reaction because it was that good of a film, and it really relied on uh, on uh, um, the audience telling telling people on 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 that. It wasn't advertising; that it was word of mouth. Yeah, and that's Walt, and that's something from the '70s. Which we may we seen happen, like right. with a few of your favorite films. Hell, Jaws was word of mouth because right. they didn't expect much. The first week it came out, did they, Vicky? I saw it the in the first five days it came out, and the theater was packed, packed. Yeah, because people packed, was like coming out theater. You got to see this, man. You got to see this, man. It's good. Right, right, because it wasn't even seven days from release that I saw it. And that theater, I still remember going, I couldn't get my favorite seat. We were there, and I'm just like, I don't want to sit in these seats, but there are too many people. So we had to sit in those seats. And then I remember coming out, and because this was a brand-new part of the mall, and super mall, it had an escalator going up and down, and it, the escalators were packed full of people. It was like amazing, yeah. amazing how many people word of mouth went to see Jaws. And don't forget, it became a drive-in staple. There, you could not, not, you could not find a drive-in that wouldn't show it every Memorial Day. Yep. Right. And every well, Memorial Day from like 76 on, it made money. That's just like the movie that I want to bring up, and that is Independence Day. Independence Day came out on July 3rd, just like the movie The Aliens Show Up. And, I mean, you can't think of a more perfect time to bring out a, a summer blockbuster movie like that. And then oh, I'm the be driving. Honest. I'll watch it. If it's on TV and it's July 4th and there's nothing going on, I'll yep. watch it. But any Same other here. day of the year? Eh. But on July 4th, you want to see Bill Paxton and Jeff Goldman and ass. <laughs> yes, you do. You want to see all of that on July 4th. You just do. It used to be a tradition when my boys were younger. It used to be a tradition for us 
<laughs> and then fireworks after. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Pop? I'm disappointed they didn't bring out, damn it. What? What? I wanted a Brent Spinner with fucked up hippie hair, scientist mad lab <laughs> coat from Independence Day, Pop, damn it. Mm-hmm. Now, now that you ought to give him that suggestion because that would be a very cool one. <laughs> I mean, I loved it. Everyone knew he was in. It's like, oh, he's gonna look like Data, and then he comes out looking like a messed up hippie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Left over. Left over. <laughs> oh, so funny, man. Yeah, that that's an over the top performance too. Just and Jeff Goldblum, who could be better than Jeff Goldblum walking next to Will Smith at the end of the movie with cigars in their mouth out in the middle of the fucking desert just blew up the uh the spaceship and saved the day. That's like the very best. Yeah. <laughs> And Judd Hirsch is one of the best acidic cues in movie history. (laughs) Now, orthodox. (laughs) He was orthodox, not Hasidic. Trust me on that. Orthodox. Orthodox. My bad. But still. (laughs) Yeah. No, that movie has everything. It has everything that you want for a summer movie. I... I think summer movies really hit their peak about... I don't know. From about ninety five to two thousand five. After after nine yeah. eleven things started going down. You know, then after the superheroes came out. Yes, that that's it. After the superheroes started. Every yeah, day there's a superhero movie. Everything, make their own connected universe. Right. Well I don't mind that. I don't mind that they want to connect it all. That's 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 okay, but dominating summer to the point where after the superhero movie comes out, there's no other movie. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, and thank goodness for Mission w- Impossible. Still is Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yeah, it's a pretty damn good movie. No, it wasn't. But, um, There's a book yeah, that it was. came out. Carl, what was knows, that? Carl knows exactly why I'm very bitter and angry towards Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Well, tell it the rest of us. It's because of that movie that The Raid did not get a wide release dubbed and got dumped in the art house circuit when it should have got a wide release, damn it. That's an exec problem. That's the executives. They're just stupid. That's like the executive decision to put Harry Potter. Film of the past decade. Mm, Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wrote an article about this. Us women, we finally screw you, men. We finally, finally got to have. Those men up on the screen that we could salivate over through the whole movie. And Captain America is at the top of that list. So women went out to see those movies as much as men. 
So if the execs couldn't figure that out, that's, that's their fault. That's their fault. But women went out as much as men to see those movies, especially Captain America. That's, it's just history. So if the raid didn't get what it deserved, that's your studio's problem. That's your studio's fault for not but looking at what the audience But when it comes to art action films, They've had some great ones that come out this summer. Let's see. Uh, Road Warriors. Hustle. Oh, boy. But do you the see women going die. to those movies? Wait, wait, wait. Men go see those movies just as much as men go see hero movies. But do women go see those movies as much as women go see hero movies with men they like to watch? Yeah, uh, let's no. see. Uh, no. Talk about a summer our house film that really busted out big because it was sold to women. Thelma and Louise. Well, that was plenty. And you got shirtless, uh, pantsless Brad Bar- Pitt yeah. in chaps, basically, and underwear. True. It's just the studio fact didn't realize. Well, that movie was programmed to women, and it made a hundred million. Maybe we should make more of it. Nah, that was a fluke. That's execs. They're male chauvinists. You know what can you say? Mostly. Vicky would probably like Terminal Island for the seventies, wouldn't she, Carl? (laughs) She just loved Terminal Island. Why? The reason is, is that is uh, your basic uh, women in prison trapped on the island thing. Except I fucking that in hate women one, in prison movies. <laughs> wait, let me finish. The women in this movie, and this was directed by a woman, are the males. And all the men play the female roles. And the women dominate them in the movie. Right, Carl? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but it's a 73 with um, probably a really bad soundtrack. <laughs> no, it was about 78 when it Tom Selleck in it is the main doctor. No, it says it's a 73 film. No, it wasn't 73, was it? June, June 1973, USA. Stephanie Rothman, director. Yeah, yeah. Stephanie Rothman. Right. And it's got like I said, it was an action film made by women for women. Oh, okay. Well, okay, one in a million? I know, and that sucks. And that that really annoys me. Yes, yes I know it annoys me, and I know. When the hero movies came out, and all, and... There were no black widow T-shirts. There were no black widow toys. No, but there was lots of black widow cosplay, which changed the minds of uh, a lot of those people that want to make money off of black widow. And yeah, so now there's going to be a point, black my widow point movie. Is there were a billion little girls who wanted to play with their black widow dolls and kick the crap out of the bad guys. But they couldn't because the studios didn't think that they were worthy enough to get the get exactly. the toy. Exactly. 
You know, the only one that, that broke that was uh, Wonder Woman. Finally. Yeah. And then Black Panther and uh, the women characters in Black Panther. I mean, that's just that's just recent, within the last five years, that broke the oh, studio's how love, brain. How did you love uh, the Black Panther sister? Not only is she a badass, oh, she was God, a scientist. She's great. Oh, she's a scientist badass. She can outthink everyone. I love her. Why don't they give her a story of her own? Why can't we have her story? Remember, it turned out she was better at science. Right. She's better at science than anyone. She's a genius on top of genius. Yep. I don't. I haven't oh, seen Black Widow, so Black? I can't really yeah, say much. I know you. Yeah. I know you're stuck in the seventies, so you know. Sorry, we're not talking about last century. <laughs> we're into the we're in the third decade of um, the new century now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we'll I don't make know. it to sooner or later that I'll be back and 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 uh, uh, back back in fashion. Another forty years. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Skeleton. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Yeah. Now, yeah, now, okay, so I, I've been, hold on, hold on. I've been relatively quiet. Wait, wait. Okay. You guys. Okay, I've been relatively quiet. I thought at one point or another, uh, because this is what I worked on, was what are our favorite movies that are set in summer? Oh, great. Like, what? You couldn't give me that hint like five hours ago? <laughs> you already said it, Vicky. I know. Yeah, you're right. You're you're absolutely right, Stephen. Fury Road. Yes. Oh. No? What? Independence Day. No? Oh, Jurassic Independence Park. Day. <laughs> huh? Well, write that down on In- paper. We have a movie that she ranks higher than Jaws. On anything, write it down. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. no, no, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it yeah, doesn't. There, you there, don't have to think about it. It's just you know I, what what movies? Moonrise Kingdom. You know, there's the, you know, there's the beach movies. There's all the oh, he got, all he, that. Well, we talked about the beach movies while you were doing your business. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had I had some issues. Sorry yes, about that, guy. We heard your toilet flush, okay? Thanks a lot. Uh, <laughs> Makes me want to get a song by... Uh, uh, what's his name? Did I put a Loud Freeman Ray, Day just for you, Carl. Okay, cool. Let it go, let it go, let it go. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah, seriously. Seriously, it needed to go and it wasn't going, and it was a pain in the uh, oh, world afterwards. Let's just leave oh it at that. Oh my god! Do you eat oh, my cheese, man? <laughs> Mine, there's uh, basically there's uh, three I can think of that are my favorite to take place during the summer. 
number three, the swimmer with uh, Burt Lancaster. Oh yeah, well, that's really good. Summer. Yeah. Yeah. That during the summer, uh, after a nuclear war, where it's like a hundred degrees downtown, and it's the only movie to have E Pop as a DJ. Okay, yeah, which one is that? It's a debut film of one of our favorite directors on this show, Richard Stanley, and that is Hardware. Hardware, yes. <laughs> And I'm going to quote a line from the first film, my number one film of all time. This thing only comes during the hottest days of summer. And this oh. summer, it is very, very yeah. hot. Predator. Predator. Yeah. Predator. Predator, predator. <laughs> 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 I love that film. Of course, that we'll is build one with how many I everyone in that movie is serves their purpose perfectly. Even the Predator. And we love yeah. Bill Duke. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah. God we love Bill Duke. I don't care who you are in the world. You make you give up a sister away one more time and I'll ghost you. You understand? <laughs> he vanishes. <laughs> And then there's Carl Weathers <laughs> just looking around like, ooh, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and Carl Weathers yeah, said he was legitimately scared. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. Uh, for me, um, there, there's a number of them, but... Uh, one in particular, of course, would be, you know, you think about high school movies. Yeah. And, and of course, we already mentioned it, you know, Richard Linklater and, and, and that film, which is just tremendous. And I can never remember the name of it. Corvette Summer? No, no, no. The, the, the <laughs> one with the Mikey. <laughs> Not Corvette. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 Help me out, guys. <laughs> what you were <laughs> saying about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, I know. I know. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. A day yeah, Oh, I'm glad I'm entertaining for you people. It makes me happy that I entertain you. Oh, four. crying on laughing so hard. <laughs> okay, so Jason Confused would be one for me. Um, another one which which. I was talking to Stephen earlier today, and he and he hates it already, but I don't care. Uh, and that would be the way way back, which I just love. Do you know that movie, Vicky? 
the um which the way back which which one are you talking about the men who are in the gulag and they go across no 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 the way way back is about this young boy whose mother played by Tony Collette goes to Rhode Island for the summer uh, along with Steve Carroll her abusive boyfriend and he ends up at a water park that is uh, oh yeah, r- that's a pretty good movie. Yes, yeah. yes, I remember. You told me to watch it, and I did. That was a long I time ago. That, that uh, Owen Wilson plays his character like uh, uh, Brian Cox does in L.I.E. Owen Wilson isn't in this movie. Well, who is the guy that plays the creepy? Uh, Guy who owns the water park. That's Sam Rockwell, and he's not creepy. Yeah, he is. Well, he's he reminds kinda. me well, he... of uh, a Victor Salva type in that movie. <laughs> no, no. I, no, I, he's I, I love... the one who helps the boy. Yeah, he helps. He's him. the one who helps him. Yeah. And, and and I love yeah. that movie. Uh, another one I would say that we have to remember is, let, let's face it, it, and especially with you, Vic, being out in California, you think of summer, what do you think of doing when you go to the beach? Get out your surfboard. surfboard. So, you know, you can go to Endless <laughs> Summer. Are you freaking kidding me? You well, we already mentioned like, that one. Uh, we already talked about that while you were uh, having your big yeah, release. Yeah, we already yeah, talked about all summer. that. Uh, what, about, what about Point Break? You mentioned Point oh, Break? God, yeah. The original. No, we did not. The yeah, original. Seriously, yeah, the original. So we, not that remake piece of crap. But look, please, all you people who don't live in California and don't know anything about our beaches, most of the time, nobody's out on a surfboard, okay? That is the one thing that everyone thinks because of those summer movies that we all grab our surfboards and jump into the waves. And I'm telling you, we don't, okay? There's only certain places where you can actually surf without drowning, right? So yeah. let's just make that a thing right now, okay? No. Oh. <laughs> and another one that just popped in my mind, Carl, is Lords of Dogtown. Yeah. That's another one. I love and it. And if you're talking about summer movies, then you might as well talk about the greatest sport of all time that's done in summer. And that would be baseball, baseball movies. movies. Right. And, right. And I'm telling you right now, the baseball movie for me is the original Bad News Bears. And the second one would be Major League. Oh, did I hear wow. a groan out of you? What about I said bad news. The Natural? Oh, no. No, no, no. Just leave it at that, Carl. <laughs> no, what that, that's Dead a travesty. Trevor. That's literally okay, a travesty. Okay, wait, wait. My favorite baseball movie is The Sandlot, okay? There are, I that's a lovely the film. Lovely film. No, that's one of the most popular baseball films ever, Vicky. Don't feel bad about that one. 
They did a poll. It was in the top three. I think number one was Field of Dreams. Number two was Major League. And then number three, The Sandlot. The Sandlot, yeah. The Rookie's not so bad either. I liked it. It's good for Yeah, that's not bad. But but I I I love uh, uh, bad news bears, I love bad news bears, and I love major league. Too. One of my favorite men, Carl did about uh, was it about a month ago or about two about two months ago, right? Carl, yeah, about two months right. ago. Yeah. And that's the bingo long traveling all stars and sports shows, sports show. Right. God, I haven't thought about that movie in forever. Wonderful film. Wonderful film. You know what else is a really good baseball film is um, Tommy Lee Jones as Ty Cobb. Oh, hell yes. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a really good film. I was surprised at how much I like that film because I don't like sports films. <laughs> but you know you know what? That, that whole – remember that scene where he's in Vegas – and it's Trini Lopez, and Trini Lopez brings him up on stage and asks him that question. <clears throat> Do you remember the scene, that scene, particular scene? No, I don't. Because that that is a true story. Basically, Trini Lopez brings Cobb, who's played by uh, Tommy Lee Jones, up, and, and he says, you know, what would you, you know, if you were playing today, uh, uh, what do you think your average would be about, uh, against these pitchers? You know, uh, and he thinks about it. He says, oh, around 270. Said, yeah, but you hit over 300, you know, uh, uh, during your prime. You you think the pitchers are that much better? And he says, no, I'm fucking 70 years old. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And it's funny, they called Ty Cobb racist, and he was one of the only major league players to go down to Cuba every year so he could play the best of the Negro League. Yep. Okay, yeah, the, as the book a that female that is based on The book that that's yeah, based ahead. on, uh, I read it when I was in high school. Uh, and, and that's the reason I... But you found out later that a good 70, 80% of that book was, was, you know, conjecture and wasn't real. That's bullshit so the characters, regular folks. Yeah. Well, um, A League of Their Own is much beloved by lots of people, especially women, mm-hmm. because... Of all the sports out there, baseball, not just softball, but baseball, women can play just as well as men. Might not be able to hit the ball quite as far, but that's another thing. We can play it just as well. Yep. That is a great movie. Oh, absolutely. And for me, too, the other thing, which I didn't get a chance to talk about earlier, for me, summer, again, it's all the driving. And, and, driving and, and to me, you know, 
you know, and of course I worked in one uh, earlier, uh, yes, during the 70s, I hate to say it, but uh, uh, to me, that will always be, for me, summer and movies will always be the driveway, always. And it's nice yeah, to see them coming back. Like I said, that's because that's when the weather was the greatest, and that's when the drive-ins got their most amount of patrons. So of course they wanted to get the best films and the B and the B guys AIP on would make most of their money off of what they call the summer films. Right. Right. The that's the beach party films came in and all of that. It was all it was all designed for the teenagers, and of course, you know there was a place that they could go and families and families and families. But 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 a lot of the stuff was was particularly uh, um, designed for the teenagers, so they could yeah. get out of the house and have the car and so on and so forth. They make out in the the car and 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 that and certainly. That was part of it. Certainly, families was part of it too. You know, um, yeah, I don't know where you had to lock, drive that in. locked up. They don't release many of them nowadays, but Disney had a B movie a production. That's where you got weird shit like uh, Super Dad, Dad, when can I get the car? Uh, the Kurt Russell films. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. You know, a son of Flubber and Flubber and yeah. all those. I remember going to all the, to the drive-ins and seeing those. Some, but the one sometimes movie I like the I B told... movie better. Mm-hmm. You know, the second movie there would be the feature, and then there would be the yeah. second movie. Sometimes I like the second movie better. Oh, absolutely. As a kid. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of the things I remember, and, and, and I remember this very vividly, is we went to a double feature as a family. We had the, 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 the station wagon the way, way back. As, uh, and uh, so we went, and they ran a double feature of the train and Von Ryan's Express. And I remember watching the train and just being just drawn into that film. Didn't realize it at the time, but it, it, that's the reason I became a John Frankenheimer film. Also, a Burt Lancaster fan was that film. And Paul Schofield. I literally, you know, a couple years later was like looking and seeing what, what movies I could see with Paul Schofield because of that film. I'm like 13 years old. You know, it's, it's um, summer is such a wonderful time to 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 you know see films and so on and so forth and hopefully we'll we'll be able to do that uh, later in the summer you know with the situation that, well, that it is right now. Well, people are the drive-ins are pop We're seeing pop-up drive-ins all over the damn. Yeah, we're place. seeing. Yep, pop-up pop-up drive-ins. So you know we haven't July. talked about um, we haven't talked about the the. Favorite movies of young adults going to the drive-ins, like um, Animal House and Vacation, and those kinds of movies that were pointed directly to the slightly over 21 Kentucky Fried movie, um, yeah. just all those drive-in movies. 
Those comedies, those weird comedies. And this is weird. Someone said it, and I noticed it's true. When I was 20 and teen and watched Animal House, I'm like, I love these guys. They're my freaking heroes. I want to be like them. Then I hit 30s and 40s. These (laughs) freaking bums, I don't want to be like them. They should be kicked off the campus. (laughs) Suddenly we all turned into Steve Brimmer. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the thing is, all those movies that you mentioned, Vicky, I don't, yeah. uh, I, I don't um, correlate them to to the, the drive-in. I saw all those in, in, in a brick-and-mortar theater. Yeah, we're talking just about summer movies. Oh, yeah, or yeah. I saw Jaws in the theater. It doesn't matter if it's oh, a drive-in movie or a, but I saw all those movies at the drive-in with um, mm-hmm. beer in the ice chest and beer and sodas in the ice chest and a joint here and there. And all my friends, we're all young adults. We weren't teenagers seeing those movies. And we were at the drive-in. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, most of the ones you're talking about, well, not Kentucky Fried Movie, appeared in the 80s. And that's yeah. when the studios started making drive-in movies and putting them in the theaters using A-movie's budgets. And there's no way that the smaller guys could compete with that in look and style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very right. true. But if you want to talk about teen and drive-in movies, you would have to go over to Crown International. They put out stuff like Van Nuys Boulevard, The Van, uh, The Teacher, starring Dennis the Menace and... Uh, What's his name who died the past week? No idea. I have to look. You know the Mexican guy, the Mexican-looking guy, Carl, that always had the big acne pot face? No, I don't know who you're talking about. I, I'm, I'm, I'm blunt, drawing a blank, sorry. Wait a second. Hold on. You're not talking, uh, you're not talking to Diaz, you're not. Five days ago, Hector Juarez? Yeah. 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 I have no idea who that is. Oh, you've seen his uh, The Teacher, 1974, with Angel Tompkins, Jay North, and Anthony James. Yeah. Rudy Herrera, Jr. I no, don't even know who that Anthony is. Anthony James. He died last week. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. okay. He was in a lot of uh, there. He was in a lot of drive-in movies during that era, but still. Crown International was the big. The AIP 
Well, New World Pictures. Oh, Foreman. he died last week. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know it. All this other bullshit going on. In the heat of the night, unforgiven. Oh, yeah. I'm sad that I didn't know it. He was the ma- he was oh. the main bad guy in the heat of the night, Carl. Oh, okay. Yes, he's he's in a million films. You oh, know. you know yeah. what? He was the chauffeur in Burn Offerings. That's yeah. where I know him. Yeah. He had one of those faces. Once you see it, you can't forget it. But right. Mm-hmm. We've talked about four New World Pictures had like teacher stuff, but Kentucky Fried Movie was more of a drive-in movie than a summer movie. Wouldn't you say, guys? What? Say that again, please. Well, Sorry. I don't. I didn't see it in a, a in a drive-in. I saw that actually in a in, in a hardtop theater. Yeah, uh, uh, Kentucky Fried Movie mostly played the midnight circuit. It was a cult. Right. I saw Kentucky Fried Movie at the drive-in. Believe oh, me, cool. I remember it really well, <laughs> super well. <laughs> and then there's the Groove Tube and all those, you know, that came out. Uh, yeah. I saw all of those. I saw the Groove Tube and. Well, I saw them all at this one particular drive-in here in Fresno. Cool. Um, There's a difference between East Coast and West Coast. You know, know? light comedies. Ha, 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 we want to laugh. And don't forget, the theaters had an advantage in summer that TV couldn't touch. One, TV is in rerun season. And two, they had air conditioning. Right. That's true. Yeah, that was when uh, you two were younger. Especially when Carl was a kid, you would go out in front of a theater and it said, air conditioned inside, guaranteed 50 degrees in the theater. We're going to watch that crappy movie. Yep. Wow, I'm sweating to death, and it's a nickel. Well, well I, I grew up you. in the southwest where it's 100 and whatever in May all through till October. And the only time you went to the movies, you went to the movies during the day to get away from the heat no matter what yeah. was playing at the theater. And at nighttime, night was the only time you could be outside. I remember driving to the drive-in while the sun was still up and tr- and watching, just waiting for the sun to just sink below the horizon so we could stop sweating. <laughs> we could stop sweating and until and it got dark enough for the um, – for for the movie to start or the cartoons beforehand to start and and literally stop sweating. <laughs> well, yeah. The drive-in, what a drive-in monsterama girl is. It's not called the Riverside for no reason. You, it's about uh, about two hundred feet 
on the other side of the road from the river. And it gets dark even on the hottest nights. Once that breeze starts coming off of the river, ooh, you want to talk about a perfect place to watch a movie in the summer? Yeah, yep. that's not happening in the desert. The the ground is radiating heat. <laughs> you have to put a blanket on the ground to stop the heat from radiating up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, baby, let's do you it know, tonight. Oh, man, it's too hot. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, well, let's stay in the car. <laughs> yeah. Turn on the air conditioning for a while. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, in the 80s to me was the prime of summer movies because you would have all of this stuff and you'd still have room for adventurous stuff like uh, uh, the Conan knockoffs, uh, the Road Warrior knockoffs, they would hit theaters, uh, ones that flopped but shouldn't have, like Dreamscape. God, I wish that one would have hit. I wish it too. I really like that movie. They actually just uh, did a really good uh, retrospective of that uh, article that I posted, uh, talking about you know movies, great movies you've never seen, and and it's a wonderful film. I love that movie. And here's a big question for you, Carl. Do you think Buckaroo Banzai would have done better? if they would have released it outside of summer. Oh, easily. Easily. Plus, also, you know, we always belie the fact that it wasn't, that it didn't make, it just was past the prime of the midnight movie circuit. Because that would have, that would have just eaten, eaten it up on the midnight movie circuit. To me, that was always uh, uh, uh you know, a specialized film. So, you know, summer was not the time to release it. Maybe fall, uh, a small yeah. art house, and then let it build. The interesting thing about that, two years after that was released, in 1986, I went to a theater, uh, a rep in, in, in New York, that was running it again. There were about 30 of us in the uh, audience, and literally it was like being at... Uh, uh, Rocky Horror, because people were yelling back at the theater and were were uh, 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 saying saying the lines together and everything. I mean, it, it really had the ability to be a midnight circuit, and they were wrong to bring bring it out during the summer. They had no idea what the hell to do with that film. And Rocky Horror was another film they released in the middle of summer. Yeah, stupid. Because they didn't know what to do with that film. They didn't. They, you know. No. Absolutely. They had no clue. No clue whatsoever. And then, uh, um, but here's a perfect um, summer movie is is the whole run of Mission Impossible movies. Especially now with the... Um, the added characters that are reoccurring characters, those have become a staple of summer. 
Yeah, and those are only the top. Winter, winter films that. Well, no, the last one is a summer movie, but. No, the last one. No, I, I, yeah, I've seen the last. I think I've probably seen them all. Yeah, they're not that bad. They're okay. I like Simon Pegg. Whenever Simon Pegg is in something, it's just like he makes the J.J. Abrams movies better. And he makes the Mission Impossible movies better. And and so, you know, we're not talking about Oscar-winning movies here. We're talking about just plain entertainment. And so Tom Cruise is falling off a building, right? And yeah. Before Simon Pegg showed up in these movies, he's just falling off a building and he's going to figure out some way to, you know, not die. Now there's this dialogue going with Tom Cruise and Simon Pegg, and it just adds to that that, that entertainment that you want for summer, you know, that, that, that humor in with the action. So I... I think the Mission Impossible movies got better as they went on. And they started out in May, but now they're usually released in July, which I like because they were counterbalancing the superhero movies that were always released in May. Another film that and was released my in the summer that I'm like, what the fuck did they release this in the summer? Is Splice. Oh, I don't even like that movie, if you can believe it. It's okay, but what the hell was that doing in summer? That, yeah, that's that like an October movie. It's better in the fall. Yep, yes. It was more like Agreed. a Halloween movie. Yeah. And another one they screwed up to release was Starship Troopers. Well, that was in the summer. Yeah, they shouldn't have released that one in the summer. Maybe people, Why? I if thought they it was released perfect. it in the fall or the spring, people would have gotten the joke. Well, maybe. Maybe you're right. I mean, right, because you, you know, get Carl more people watch it. This was an anti-fascist movie directed by someone who had grew grew up in Mussolini's fascist Italy. Carl, Hello? yeah, I I didn't I didn't get that. Where are you? I'm here, but. Did you uh, get the first time you watched Starship Troopers that it was an anti-fascist? It was against everything the movie was supposedly expounding? I did, no. but I'm different. I, I I never liked it. I I've never been a fan of it. So Why? I could care less. Why? I, I don't know. I, I just didn't like it. I I thought it was over the top. I, I, I was getting too used to Bear Hoven and Joe Estrahouse and their jokes and the way they were doing it and I didn't think it was I, I, I didn't think it was funny and I didn't think it was smart enough. Huh. Are you crazy? Little Clanahan's great in it. I'm not saying she's not. 
It's pure satire. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not. And I he did it over the top I, because that's how, look at Triumph of the Will. Look at every recruiting film ever made. They are that jingoistic and over the top. Yep. I know. Yep. I know, but I didn't, you know, you're not going to convince me. I didn't like the movie. I didn't really pay attention to it. That's the point. If it was released in fall or to the art houses, maybe people would have paid attention to it. I've seen it six times now. I still don't pay attention to it. I think it's over the top. I think it's too heavy-handed. I think it's it's not nearly as sharp and witty as it thinks it is. I, I, I just don't like the film. Well... <laughs> and that's okay. You can give me a raspberry. Trust me, that's that's me getting off easy to get the raspberry for saying I don't yeah, like that. But, but you like Robocop. You. Why I love Robocop. They, wait, let me finish. No, yeah. Why is it that they keep trying to release hard science fiction films in the summer? that aren't pew-pew-pew action films, and every freaking time they end up failing, and we end up watching them later going, well, why the hell did they release that in the summer? Yeah, tell me about it. I agree. No, Matt, what do you guys think? Why do they keep doing that, Vicky, releasing serious, hard science fiction films in the summer when they have no... You know, I don't know what you're referring to. I do. Um, There's many. I mean, other than Upgrade could have been a September, October movie and done better at the box office. But uh, and also see. Frank what? and Robot Cube, uh, Blade Runner. Well, okay, Frank and Robot. Look at something like uh, the one that you love, the the message or the signal with the woman. Oh, the arrival. The arrival. Right. That was a November movie, yeah. The one with Charlie Sheen and that one. That one did great in the winter. If they released that during the summer, it would have. I don't know. Ah. We'll see. When, I don't know. Uh, hey, I want to make uh, interrupt here for a second. When did Blade Runner 2049 come out? Uh, summer. October. No. Was that October? Summer. That was summer. See, that's what yeah, I thought you were. It was summer. Right, yeah, exactly. I thought it was Blade Runner 2000. I know, because I saw it twice yeah. in summer. Well, that's another no, one they should release in the fall. I mean, well, you know why they did that? I, Stephen, you know why they did that? It's real simple. You know, Blade Runner, the original failed, but it had such a cult over the years. They said, oh, well, this is a slam dunk. We'll do a sequel, get lots of money, you know, blah, 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 blah. They hire one of the most brainiest, uh, 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 sci-fi directors out there, Bill and Webb, uh, uh, and they come up with this very, very dense, 
very, you know, wonderful sci-fi that is not an action film. And they actually think it's going because it's going to do well during the summer because it's connected to Blade Runner, which is a hit, but only because after 40 years, people rediscovered it. It wasn't a hit at the... You know, it's stupidity. That's why it was released in summer, because people were yeah. stupid. Oh, and I just thought of two really good ones. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Dark City. That one could have really been helped if they didn't release it when Titanic was at its biggest. Dark City was yeah. released on my birthday in uh, March. Yeah, yeah, that's another one they screwed. I'm just talking about movies they screwed up to release, but the arrival. Oh, the David Twohey double feature, uh, the arrival with Charlie Sheen. That was released in the summer, and it, I didn't think it was going to be any good. But then it came out, and I'm like, God damn, that is great. Yeah. And let's talk about another little film that Twohey did. It came out in the summer, but it was dismissed by as an alien ripoff starring the mumble mouse guy from Saving Private Ryan. But as soon as it came out on video in October... It became the biggest cult hit of the year and one of the biggest rental titles. Do you think that you know what he Black would have done better if they had not released it in the summer? What film are you talking about? Pitch Black. Pitch Black. What? The first Pitch reading. Black. Riddick, pitch black. Oh, okay, thank you. Don't have to blame it. You guys are like, are okay. Anyway, um, I always thought pitch black did well. It didn't do well. No, did it, Carl? Oh, it even. Well, I love Pitch Black. I think it's really great. It started the whole Riddick um, films. The Chronicles of Riddick, everyone loves them. Loves that film now, but they didn't when it first came out. It flopped, too. That's because the theatrical cut sucks ass. Yeah. Oh. That was a summer movie. Yeah, but if they release the longer cut, which really isn't that longer, if I remember. It's, it's not, like it's not 10... that much longer. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like um, between 10 and 15 minutes longer, like 12 minutes. But those 12 I have minutes, it, yeah. without those 12 minutes, the... the movie makes no sense. It's just like Prometheus. If you watch the special features and then you watch the the scenes that were cut from that movie, if those scenes were left in, that movie would have made tons of money that summer. But, oh, no, Ridley Scott's got to cut, cut, cut. 
And so it didn't make any sense. So stupid. When they show you what they what they cut out and then the story makes sense, it's like, are you shooting yourself in the foot? And directors and studios do this all the time. Yeah. And nowadays, the, time. the numbers are so crowded. I mean... I'm a movie nut and call this too. Even at yesterday's prices, could you see every film that came come came out last summer if you tried in the theater? No way. No. No way. You know. Um, you know what? Truly, movie we didn't talk about that I really, really, really like. And I want to mention it because you can find it, and uh, um, this came out in October, um, Below, the submarine movie. I love that movie. Another David Tui film. Yeah, that's what I said. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I just want to mention it because if you like horror and ghost stories and suspense, you know, it's in a submarine, and it is a very suspenseful movie and it has a mystery and it has a ghost and it has all kinds of cool stuff in it that it's not very science fiction-y, but it's very much horror. Oh, so, um, there was, there was, that was a great year for films that nobody went to see. There was three yeah. that came out that year that nobody went to see that everyone loves now. One is Deep Rising, which is mm-hmm. so much freaking fun. I was extremely poor in 2002, so I didn't see anything. But that one, and there was the Puppet Masters, which came out in 2002, which is better than... Filmed in Fresno. Yeah. (laughs) There are several scenes in that movie that are filmed in Fresno for a particular reason. (laughs) And that is a good movie, isn't it, Carl? Both of yeah, them. that's a fun movie. That's a fun movie. I mean, there were just so many from these smaller companies that were just barely getting released out there and heading straight to video that no one's seen that they really missed out on. Like, if you watched it on TV, they didn't mention the other word once in Deep Rising. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, there there's one I want to talk about very briefly before we go off. I think it was 2006 or 2007 maybe. Uh it came out in August, late August. It's the last of the summer movies and it died. And it's died because of course the company that released it cut it to the ribbons. Uh and I know that I have the uh the director's cut of it. And I know, Vicky, we've talked about this film. And it stars Ben Diesel. And it's Babylon AD. And yes. that that film, I think, really deserves uh, a reassessment, particularly if you have the director's cut. I think it's a damn good movie. Well, don't forget, the director's cut of that one is not the director's cut. It's what he could find. Right. 
But that's another film that, that, that came out late summer that, that they should have, you know, let it alone and let the director have what he wanted and, and do an art house release in, like, October. And, and it has Michelle well, Yeoh in it. God damn, she yeah. kicks ass. Well, okay, thank you I'm guys done. for being on, and thank you guys for listening. We're probably going to be in overtime, so don't worry. We're going to be like two minutes overtime. And definitely thank you for being on, Vicki. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for asking me. This was fun. Yeah. Oh, good. And Carl, uh, thank you for coming for me one too. Word to say to you. What? X lax, motherfucker. <laughs> it's called fiber pills, actually, which now I'm taking care of. I'm okay. But <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, it's I love how much we got all over the place with summer films and all that. But upcoming is a film that we meant, didn't mention talking about on Thursday. And if Vicky can show up, she will. But otherwise, it'll be me and Nate Bradford doing. One of the best summer movies ever. Uh, yes. And it's about summer, and that's uh, Quentin Tarantino's masterpiece, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, about summer 69 in Hollywood in Hollywood and Fresno. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like fun. I hope you guys enjoy yourself. Oh, yeah. And Saturday, we will be doing a live watch. Me, Carl, and Fred. Well, Carl, if you can get it set up, of Joker. Yeah, I'll have that set up tomorrow. I'll take care of that. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll listen along. What? Maybe I'll listen along because I've never seen the film, so maybe I'll listen. Okay, cool. As you guys do it. Cool. And uh, Sunday, next Sunday, is going to be our LBGT movie show with Kelvin Nixon. And, yes, we are going to talk about, if you are not knowledgeable of gay subjects, read read, uh, read up on or... Watch the movie The Celluloid Closet because we're going to be dropping terms and things from that like you actually know what we're talking about <laughs> in advance. So that's a little bit of a warning. Well, and and also I'll I'll I got to mention it right now. I actually had a chance to met meet Vito Russo who wrote the book on two occasions, uh, and uh, he was a special guy. And and he, uh, this was a labor of love for him. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's something I've wanted to do for a while, too. Haven't gotten the right person in, but I'm glad we got Kevin coming in, and, and we're going to be yeah. doing that on Sunday. And thank Correct? you. We'll see you on Thursday. Oh, and to close it out, we're going to be doing the same song again, Summertime, except this time I was like, who am I going to pick? So I decided to go with Billy Holiday because I figured that would be the one that I would get the Carl nod of approval on. Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. So thank you again, Vicky, and 
You're welcome. Say good night, everybody. Good night, night, everybody. Nothing can harm